Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. The Fearless Curious Soul, Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading, <laughs> connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, and I am the Deep Psychic, doing Deep Psychic readings live on the telephone for your um, furtherment of the connection to your soul. <clears throat> Welcome. Thank you for joining me today, and please think about how the commentary that you are listening to today and how you relate to it. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation resonates to you and to who and what you are as a person, then you are part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you and answering your questions. So I'd like to start off each show by talking about a different part of how we dream. And the first comment I'm going to make is that last um, week we did the first chakra, which is everyday dreaming, and it is also nightmares. And that is about 80% of the dream state for most people. Second chakra is answered prayer. And answered prayer almost always relates to a relationship question, your relationship with other people, your um, relationship with yourself, your relationship with your past, and your relationship for what you want for your potential future. So um, that is the current lesson for dream interpretation. And today I have somebody really um, quite special to join us, somebody who has an unusual story, has an unusual connection with uh, humanity, and truly has a sense of uh, wanting to serve and make the world a better place, and has made the world a better place. So um, let's see if we can bring my guest on live right now. And um, I'm going to let her introduce herself, because I like people to do that. I think they're, um, I think they're more accurate in how they want to be portrayed if they introduce themselves. So... <clears throat> Let's see if we can bring her on. Give me one second here. Okay. Um, 
Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, my name is Sandy Ellsberg, and uh, I am uh, a senior. And I was kind kind of surprised that I actually even got this call because I never see myself as anything but uh, a single mom with two beautiful children as and as a person in the world that looks every day in my life, what can I do to make somebody's life better on a daily basis, day in, day out, 365, decade after decade? So that's that's how I'd like to be introduced. (laughs) (laughs) That is a humanitarian. There there is nothing greater, there is nothing higher um, than accepting the work that is placed in front of us and being willing to do it. And um, I think that is one of the most interesting things that happens in our life when we really sort of say, you know, how can I be of service? How can I serve? How can I make another person's life just a little bit better by being willing to serve, it is an amazing journey that unfolds. And, you know, um, I have to kind of share this with our group here. I, I took and I called you up, and you said, no, 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 you don't, you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to this other person. And I said, no, 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 I want to talk to you. I'm sure of it. <laughs> and, then you, and then you start telling me about your life, and I thought, yes, you're exactly who I want to talk to. So... Choose a story. You told me a great story about your life as a teacher in New York. Um, you also have like a lot of different stories and a lot of different things that you have accomplished. I do. I've had different interesting careers. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, but you know, I I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be on this show. I did not prepare a thing. I do not have the paper in front of me. Good. But I did think that how far does this, this thing, I call it this thing, and the people who know me, they call it the thing that I do. And I, I don't think it's the thing that I do. I think it's the thing that does me. And because okay. it's not on demand, and it, could, it, it can happen um, once a week, and it could happen once a month, and it can happen once a year. And then years could go by, and I'll notice that I'm not getting any, you know, thing I need to call somebody and tell them about something about their life. But I remember when I was in the second grade, my teacher's name was Mrs. Kalo. She was my favorite teacher in grade school. What a lovely, lovely woman. And we went to the Museum of Natural History. I'm a New Yorker. Um, my, my family in New York said I lost my accent. But out here in California where I live, everybody says, oh, are you from New York? So I guess I didn't lose it. <laughs> No. But it, 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 it's worse when I go back to visit. But I remember being seven years old and going to the museum, and it was the, an Egyptian, um, you know, they were showing uh, the, uh, stuff about the Pharaoh, and there was, you know, all these hieroglyphics. And I was just staring at a column, and I'm saying, I've seen this before. And I went and told my teacher, and I said, this looks familiar to me. I'm sure I didn't say it quite like that, but I was touching it, and I felt something. Um, and I, I was a shy little girl. Uh, I'm not shy today, but I was a shy little girl. And I just said, I, I remember this. I remember it. I didn't say I, so much that I've seen it, but I said I remember it. And mm-hmm. she said to me, well, you've probably seen it in a book. You know, and that was the answer, and you know, it was dismissed as which would have been very normal. But we didn't have any books. I grew up in the projects in the Bronx. We didn't have books in our house, and so, you know, it's like, okay. And I do have, I do have memories still to this day, of something to something tied into um, Egyptian, but I wasn't as Cleopatra. I think it had to do with being a slave, and right. um, but I'm not sure, and I never pursued it, and I never really thought anything about it. But over time, um, I would get premonitions, and I think everybody does if they slow down enough and pay attention to them. And I think it's a, it, it, it comes with what part of the brain you're using. I don't know. I'm just 
giving an opinion, not a theory, not a document, but just other people use more of their brain, even if it's just a a little tiny piece. We're so, as people, we're so unaware and unconscious and unkind as a humanity. And then there's this percentage of us, this this tribe, that looks for things to do. uh, for, I'll give you an example. I went on a, I won a trip. My my business is network marketing, and I've I've written a book for women on network marketing, best selling book, and I lectured for twenty thousand women in Avon, and I won a trip, and I took my um, I took myself and my family member on this trip, and we went to swim with the dolphins. And it was exhilarating. I believe it was in Mexico or some somewhere. I shut it out. I blocked it out because when I got off the dolphin, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop weeping. Um, I was. I just had to sit down, and it was it was heart wrenching, and I couldn't handle it. I, it was so painful. I couldn't handle it because the communication that I received from the dolphin was one of torture. And um, who do you tell this to? I mean, you're you're sitting around with people who were overjoyed, and and who do you tell this to? Um, And what do you make your cause? What what is your cause about? Um, So I do have a cause, but it wasn't about the dolphin. But my daughter is in vet school with one more term to go, and hers is about animals. And so, you know, her cause became my cause, and she, her whole thing is adopt, you know, rescue, save, adopt, and but don't buy an animal, you know. Okay. So I don't. So so I'm going to let you ask me some questions. But okay. th- to me, when we talk about psychic ability, it's 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 people transferring information to other people. Um, and sometimes it, it's never on demand for me at all. But it, it, when I was a masseuse and I, did, I studied deep tissue and I was a colon health practitioner with a very successful clinic, um, when I would touch people, I would get all kinds of messages. And um, so that's, I guess that's a gift. I would call that a gift um, to be able yeah. to know things in your knower. And I think everybody has a little bit of that gift if they pay attention. Great, great explanation. Great explanation. So first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go to the top. So the first thing is, is that um, I think that it is something that occurs with people is, is that they go to a place and they see something and they know it. And there's no other explanation in the world but a past life memory. And I'm happy to tell you how to regress your own past life memory. Number two, first of all, I think that your reaction to seeing animals used to entertain the humans is a form of enslavement, and people do it because they don't understand that animals have a consciousness, an ability to pray, and an ability to form a family. And, you know, it, you know to me it just speaks very, very deeply of your ability to connect. I, too, went and um, saw the dolphins. Um, I lived in Santa Monica for many years, and when I lived in Santa Monica, I would receive messages from the dolphins in that bay. And I would ask them, I would say, you know, what about, what about the dolphins that are in the zoos or the dolphins that are in captivity? And at first, the dolphins maintained a position that that didn't happen. And then <clears throat> as I got more connected with them and heard their messages on a more regular basis... I sent them a mental image and said, this is what, where I see them. And they said, well, those, those are our lost souls, and we always pray that they be returned to their family, but it isn't always possible. And so I thought, I thought human beings have for so long been able to use the excuse that they are the highest in the evolutionary cycle, so it's okay to do what they do. But now We're not. No, we're not. But now the consciousness has shifted and the awareness has occurred to us that um, we have a responsibility. And so it is, it is very different. So 
I have often ended up in conflict with people um, because I have said, you know, this might be a standard practice, but that doesn't make it right, and I'm not going to be in agreement with this. And I tell you something, you want to see the fur fly, so to speak, oh, my gosh, challenge people in those areas. I mean, the Quakers um, came forward and said it's not right for um, human beings not to know how to read and write, and they wouldn't agree with it, and they wouldn't agree to any of the processes of enslavement, and many of them were killed for it, imprisoned, and, and many other torturous, torturous things. But the Quakers knew that it was wrong, and they would not agree with it. Now today we say, well, you know, um, it was wrong. It is more than wrong, and it is a debt thing that can never really be repaid. But I was kind of hoping that I could sort of coax you into a um, coax you into your story about being a great teacher in New York and making a, a real difference in the world. Because I really loved the story when you told it to me. You know. Oh, um, I cry for the dolphins, and um, I taught in uh, Ocean Hill, Brownsville, Brooklyn. Okay. And it's uh, oh, it's a uh, well, um, I t- tell tell you about what I'm sorry. Oh, what, tell what us. Is, I didn't hear what you a, said. What kind of what kind of a school setting is that that you taught in? Yeah, uh, yes, Ocean Hill, Brownsville, Brooklyn is uh it's a ghetto, like um uh, Bedford Bedford Stuyvesant. Um, uh, some people would say like Compton in in L A. Um, okay. I never I never never once had a white student. Um, they were all um, uh, African-American, and, um, and, they, uh, and then uh, it became uh, about a third Hispanic um, when, when there, were, um, there was a, a lot of, uh, uh, there was an influx from Puerto Rico. So it became a third, that's how I learned Spanish. I learned words because I was <laughs> teaching. <laughs> I was making signs on everything. So I know like a thousand words, but don't ask me to conjugate. And so I'm taking okay. a course now because it's coming, it's coming pretty quick because I know so many words. Um, but I had, I had a child. I don't think it's appropriate for me to say his name, but okay. I had a child who was very intelligent. He was um, Puerto Rican. He was very small. He was a small, fragile child, and um, I could say his first name, his name was Joey, and I adored him. I just adored this child. But I noticed um, that some days for him were better than others, and to make a a, a long story short, um, he had scars on his hands, um, other burns I noticed on his body, but he would never talk about it. And then one day he came in with a lump on his head the size of, um, bigger than a golf ball, smaller than a baseball, I would say right in the middle, hard. And um, I took him to lunch, and I um, asked him to please tell me the truth about how this happened. And he became very afraid. Uh, He trusted me. I broke trust with him. I'm just going to tell you I did break trust with him when I found out what happened to him and how it was done with the heel of a stiletto shoe or some kind of shoe. And um, I became fearful for his life, and I reported it. And I was told by everyone, um, because the report was going nowhere, and I pursued and pursued. I was very young. I was 21, 22 years old. And they told me, everybody told me not to do anything about it. Right. And I looked at them like they were all insane. I couldn't they believe were. that came out of the mouth of people in power to just let it be. And I said, well, if, if something happened to this child and he didn't live, I would never sleep again for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I'm not going to let it be. And I'm, if you're not going to handle it, I'm going to go around you, and I'm going to let everybody know I'm going around you. So you better take some action. And I wound up going around, and the higher up I went, they, the, an investigation took place, and all five children were taken out of the home. The hospital records were very thick on all five children. Wow. 
um, I didn't feel good about that I didn't, because I wasn't sure that I was that, you know, when you look at the system that's out there of foster care, you don't know which is what's better, but I couldn't let him, I, I was afraid. And they, they, they took it to court, and I, it actually went to a courtroom, and it was the first child abuse case, to my knowledge, that was ever brought into the city of New York, and it was 50 years ago. Wow. And um, the, what? What? all what? the children what? were taken out of the home, and my life was threatened in the courtroom and um, by, the, by the parent but all the children were taken out of the home. And the story is much deeper and much more involved. And you know what? Here's the craziest thing. There's a show on Netflix right now about it, and they're telling you to, um, you know, to, to be careful watching it because it, it's, a, it's such a dark story. Well, I lived a dark, that dark, dark story. And I don't know because I won't watch it because it's going to bring up, like, what happened to him and. I didn't stay in touch. I moved away out of New York, but it was um, it was a good thing. Yeah, it was a good thing because at least I knew he was in a proper foster home. Yeah. So you know what's interesting to me about the story? By the way, I did I did watch the Netflix um, series, and um, it's beyond disturbing, but. You know, it just <clears throat> it brought me some interesting clarity, um, and I, I the thing I the thing I found most upsetting was that there was a teacher who obviously knew what was going on, and she could not like you. She could not get anybody to um, you know take the cause up and help her, and she didn't have the sort of strength that you do, and so the child did. It's die. called Moxie. It is called Moxie. It's, it's not taking no for an answer. So in some places, they call it chutzpah. Um, yep. I was not going to allow this child to die. So um, end the conversation. So, okay. Okay. So, um, and like you said, you know, you couldn't live with yourself if you didn't if you didn't do anything. So there is an interesting, um, and I think that. I think that if you and I talked at at length, we would find that there were other um, chapters in your story where you had taken the action um, that isn't popular. And before I started the show today, I took and I I pulled a card and I said, you know, what is the theme of the show today? And the theme of the show was friendship. And so, you know, I, I know you saved that child's life, but... You did it out of the fact that you really understood that child and you could not sit by and allow him to be tortured any longer. So um, I adored him. I adored him. <laughs> wow. Wow. I love that. I just love that. So, <clears throat> um, but your story as a humanitarian is an inspiration. I, too, um, adhere to the concept of never buying a puppy, only rescuing a dog, only rescuing a dog from a shelter where the animal would be killed. Um, I've never gone to a breeder and bought a purebred. I think that that's, with all the animals being killed every single day, that's just not okay. Um, And I've made a commitment, and it's an interesting thing when you make a commitment to live your life in a spiritual, you know, to follow a spiritual path, it's a very, very different story. And so, um, as best I can, I I recycle things that other people don't want. I find things that people have gotten rid of or are getting rid of, and I recycle them to appropriate groups. I participate in doing charity. And um, I don't think that sharing is like a dollar amount at a certain point in your success. I think sharing is right exactly where you are. If you don't feel as if you have anything that you can actually share, then you share your time, you share your talent, and Everybody has something, and not, not to contradict you, you know, it's yeah. very, very sweet of you to even want me on your show, but it's 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 not a contradiction. It's everybody has something to share, something to share. even yeah. even if it's a even if it's a bottle of water and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. True. When you're making the children's lunch, even if you're a single mom, you can you can make an, a half of a sandwich if you're really down and out. You can make a half of a sandwich 
and you can refill, you can wash and refill and reuse a plastic bottle, put water in it, and maybe even if you had a banana and feed somebody for the day. Because I believe in giving where you live to the best of your ability something on a daily basis. And advertise. I, I, right now, no one is picking up uh, uh, clothing, donation clothing, for whether it's Goodwill or Salvation. I deal right. with the drivers. I work directly with the drivers who drive the buses to the armory in Santa Ana, California. And mm-hmm. I um, collect the clothes, and people still drop it off um, because mm-hmm. I've posted it. And I say, I will get your, just can you separate what the warm clothes from the regular clothing? And, mm-hmm. and this way, it goes right into the hands when they come out of the armory in the morning at 6 a.m. They can see who doesn't have a hoodie, who doesn't have a coat, who doesn't have a blanket, who doesn't have a sleeping bag. And, and, and all you have to do is advertise that you're doing it. And people want to. You know, it's the nature to be good. It's not nature to be bad or to be a bully. You just need to have someone leading that. Yeah. And leaders are created. They're not born. They're created. Well, they're both. They're born and they're created. Some people come back and (laughs) I do believe in (laughs) coming back till you get it right. (laughs) So, and yeah, sometimes is, they come is, back and you have a JFK, you know, or you, you have a, a Gandhi, you know, there are people out there yeah. like Martin Luther King, you know, so. You know what, what a, what a great conversation. And um, um, first of all, you do have an enormous amount of information to share. So I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really glad that you did agree to come on the show because uh, Thank you. You do have a lot. You have a lot to share. You have a lot to converse about. And I, I did not. I had one conversation with you, and I am not really particularly surprised, but I am particularly happy that our ground um, together is very, very similar. And um, I have to. I always have to tell this story because I think it's so funny. Um, and it kind of opened my eyes up when I was very young. I kind of started in doing spiritual work extremely early, very much like you did, um, where I didn't really have my voice yet, but I had my intention and I had my desire. And so I remember I got done with work, and um, <clears throat> I had a little bit of time. And at the time, Santa Monica Renaissance was going on. You could show up at any of these churches, um, and there was uh, one church on 4th Street, and it was Unity by the Sea, and then there was the Unitarian Church on 18th Street. And you could show up at these different spots, and there was always something going on. And so one day I said, okay, well, I have a few hours. And I walked into um, this church to listen to a speaker, and everybody was streaming in. And so I went in, and everybody was dressed in white, and I was dressed all in black. I love black. And I sat and I listened to this guru talk, and one of the things he said, I never forgot it, He said, you know, you think you have done something good by giving away some old clothes. He said, you know, you haven't haven't really done anything to take and further yourself as a spiritual human being. So whenever I find somebody to come over and take, take away, you know, some clothes that I have collected and people have given me and I donate them and stuff like that, they say, oh, thank you so much. And I go, oh, no, thank you so much for coming and doing this because... I'm just I'm just circulating some things that I found, and it's you who is really doing the work by taking and carrying them to a destination. Um, and there's been plenty of times where I've taken and given out um, clothing in different situations. But my ego and my sense of that being something great at a very early age was minimized, and I realized that um, although it was part of the process and it was necessary, and we do charity, and I really believe in charity, um, I also realized that, you know, you know, cleaning out my closet and giving away clothes was not really going to help my spirituality. My spiritual development was up to me and how I lived my life. And I always, um, I'm always forever grateful for that experience of showing up and being the most out-of-place human being <laughs> in this large group of people. It stuck with me forever. So there you go. Well, uh, you know, I think that you're, the, the fact that you seek out people who can evolve the planet with what, whatever it is, whatever gifts they have, 
whether it's somebody who brought the first child abuse case to the city of New York. I believe it was the first one because up, up until then, in fact, I'm sure it was, and, okay. um, and stuck with it, or, or, or it's somebody who has, you know, um, mastered, you know, dream, dream, waking and dreaming at the same time, which is a really big deal. Um, I'm just, I'm just uh, part of an ant colony, but I, I know, that, I know that, um, I know this much, that we are put on this earth to give. We are put on this earth to be of service. That is our job. That's, it's, it's a mandate, and it's a mandate by, by whatever you call your highest and best self. And there's, there's a word in Hebrew called an ish. And an ish is an angel that com- comes and solves the problem and is gone. Right. It solves the problem and it's gone. But, he- but here's the most beautiful thing about giving is when you do it, you get so much more than what you give. Yes. So whether you're walking around a park where homeless people are giving out blankets, and by the time you get to your car, your level of gratitude that you are not that person is so big. You're so grateful. You're so grateful, A, you can afford to give out blankets or collect blankets or go to the Salvation Army and buy them, wash them, and give them. But whatever it is, don't ever sell yourself short because if it's a half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a bottle of water and maybe a banana, You've done something remarkable for somebody's day. Well, that is a that is just really inspiring. And you know what? Thank you for sharing your story, um, and thank you for sharing how your life really was changed by being the first teacher in the, in New York to take a child abuse case through the court system. And I know that that I know that changed you forever. I just know it did. So, you know, and I kind of have a private theory that people that aren't challenged are people that aren't, that are not chosen people by God, but that's a little bit personal. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, and I want you to know know. that you're welcome to You're such a lovely woman, and thank you for even seeing, seeing me. God, you were great. I, you were exactly what I wanted. You were exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I spent a half hour convincing you of that. God bless you. And, and oh, um, I don't. You. I don't think we met to part. And, and, and enjoy, enjoy your life. But please keep in touch, as I will with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Kisses and hugs, and I really, really love your courage to come and share. And please, when you've started your next stage of your project, of where you're going to take and once again be serving, please let me know. Come on and promote that, what, what it is that you're working Oh, it's, it's my free literacy program. God already told me. Don't come upstairs okay. until you've done it. So okay. I'm going to teach the whole world free of charge. Um, I'm going to create a website, God willing, uh, that will do. It, it, it's, um, it's, it's called the I Can Classroom, and it's free oh. to the world. Oh, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Would you be willing to come on again and talk about that in detail and promote I would love to. That is... No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. This is my life. That's my Mother Teresa. That's, that's okay. my Gandhi, so. That's great. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Just tap All into right. your heart. It's there. It's, it's oh, waiting for you. Thank you. All right, we'll have you on again, right, and we'll talk in detail. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing me here. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. What a great conversation. Well, I've got... I've got um, another caller on. And I have to tell you, this person is absolutely wonderful. 
Um, I'm struck by his ability to be intuitive, to create beauty, um, to work under fire, and just to be an inspiration. So I'm hoping that we can um, bring Thomas on. Hi, Suzanne. I'm here. Oh, Thomas. Oh, my gosh. How are you? Thank you. (laughs) Happy Thursday. Oh, happy Thursday to you, too. How are you doing? I'm good. It's always lovely to hear your voice. You brighten up my day, even during this pandemic when we're all stuck at home. So it's a nice, refreshing break to a day. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Last time you came on, you shared about um, what I thought was a really um, inspiring uh, wedding because I really like San Francisco, and I think there's something about architecture that takes and really revitalizes us spiritually by being around beauty, um, and the beauty is available for everybody to see. I think it's just like, it's like the museums in New York. They want you to pay a certain amount, but if you don't want to pay that amount, you can pay a smaller fee, and you can still go to the museums. And the museums in New York are, are really an interesting comment because they really support their society. So um, mm-hmm. tell me something that you are working on where you are creating beauty or talk about anything you want. Well, you know, during this pandemic, um, granted, there's no events going on anywhere in the world. Everything's on hold. But it's my job to calm the clients down, to let them know that (laughs) this will all blow over, this will eventually pass, and not to stress them out and worry them out. You know, I just have to reassure them. The most important thing is that before any wedding takes place, you have to pay a deposit to every vendor. And their concern is like, oh, my God, the longer the pandemic goes on, the less these vendors will have money to survive. And so their main concern is like, will these people still be here when my wedding comes around if it's either this year or next year? You know, it's my job to reassure them that I only work with the best of the best. And these people will always be there for their clients, no matter how much they have paid, um, you know, so just reassuring that whatever is going on, none of these people will just take their money and run or declare bankruptcy. Okay. And that's, so, that's the whole point because, I mean, with the experience you, I, I have 20 years of experience, I work with so many different people, and I know who's going to be around. And a lot of my friends have been through, you know, the 2008 when the market crashed and right. 9-11 and all that stuff. So it's... Right. It's nice to know that, you know, you're, you are that coming factor to every single client moving forward, no matter what. That is a, that's such an interesting, I never, I mean, I thought these people have taken and organized their wedding and they have a date, and I thought that their concern would be, oh, will, will, I, get, will I get what it is that I'm planning on because, I'm kind of hoping that people can see it as a longer phase of planning, have a deeper conversation about what they want. Even if they can't get it on the calendar, they can still talk about what it is that they are going to be building because the wedding is so much more than the celebration of two people. It's the celebration of two people coming together and saying, I want to build a life, I want to build a world, I want to build a family, I want to build what I believe my world should be about, I want to build that with another person. And it takes on a spiritual meaning because people have to truly commit to it. So, And you're the person who facilitates that. You are the person who looks at a couple and you say, oh, I see what's between them. And then you work with them and help them build their dream. Correct. And it's not just planning for couple months down the road, sometimes you have to plan for what happens if the second date gets postponed again, you know, Suzanne? And I hate to be the bearer of bad news to some of these clients, but I also have to let them know that everything that's happening in the world is out of my control. I'm just a messenger. You know, of course I want weddings to take place as they're planning for because, you know, you pick a special date that you want to get married, and you get excited for that date. And when you have to postpone it, it seems like, you know, the excitement kinds of things or kind of loses lust. But I always tell them, you know, the date is somewhat important, but it's the love that people are here for. 
you know, beyond everything else, you, we, might not, we might not be able to have 300 guests. It might be 100 guests, you right. know. Think about the bigger picture. Don't think about 300 people. Think about what brought you here that you want to get married. You know, if there's only right. two of you, the, the feeling is still there no matter what. You know, that people, oh. the guests, it's just the icing on the cake. But, but you're getting married for yourself. Right. Right. That's, that's everything. So talk, talk about, talk about a, a wedding. Um, obviously no names. Um, talk about a wedding that you, um, first of all, it's a huge act of faith to march forward in this process because the pandemic is, is, is winding down and now we're stuck with the, the financial issues of trying to put this put this situation back together. So it's a very different world after we get finished with this pandemic. The world has been changed, and it is a new world, and you can either look at that as good or bad. It's up to you. But, you know, it is different. And there is, I mean, it's like the Great Recession of 2008. A lot of people never recovered from that. They just didn't. Um, so, you know, each thing, each thing as it evolves, it changes things. But, you know, tell me what you're working on, you know, now, um, and how you're, you know, staying afloat. Well, we're still working. Granted, we can't meet anybody. Nobody wants to meet face-to-face. So we do a lot of Zoom meetings. We're still mm-hmm. doing design boards for our clients. We're still talking them through the process. We're still <laughs> understanding their vision in case it's changed somewhat, you know. Maybe this pandemic is, is changing the way they want to spend the money, too. And then so we have to rethink our design process for some of these clients, too. You know, right. before this, you know, when money was coming in and no, nobody thought about this, I mean, it's only been six weeks, but I feel like the world, is, I feel like a year has passed in these six weeks, you know? Right. Every, so much up and down, so many mood changes, so many tears, so many this, so many that. And it's my job to talk every single client through the entire process still and still planning for it, you know? And it's also my job to get them excited because – with so much going on in the world, everybody's just like, you know, I don't want to plan anything. I don't want to do anything. I'm depressed, you know. My parents, you know, lost some money in the stock market. You know, they may have lost right. jobs too. People may be on unemployment, so and so. But, you know, so some clients, sometimes you can't talk about a $100,000 budget, floor budget. You can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. But at the same time, I also tell them, if we make the guest count smaller, then you have more money for other stuff, you know. Instead of planning for 300, now you're only planning for 100, you know. So may, the moods may be a little bit different, but the ambiance that we design and create will always be elegant and sophisticated, no matter what is your, the size of the party, you know. So, so, I, I, so I'm there as a calming factor for everybody. You know, talking them through everything, reassuring them that no matter what, I'll still be here. If your wedding has to be postponed for another year, we have a, for example, we have a wedding that's supposed to take place this November, Uh you know, with so much pushback here and there and so much uncertainty, they decided to push it back to next November. So that means that I'm working like close to two years with these clients. Wow. But it's it's also my job to be there and, and tell them that, don't worry, you know, everything will be fine, you know, your design boards, your vision will still stay the same, you know. Maybe from now to next year, you'll be able to save more so that you can splurge more on certain items. But if you don't, we'll still create the ambiance, we'll still create the amazing wow factor that, that what you envision, no matter what. No matter what. So, Thomas, tell me. So, you know, it's about educating the client and not just let them then feel like, they have to fend for themselves, Suzanne, okay. yeah. checking in on them, making sure they're okay with their job, with their mood. You know, a lot of people are going through depression during this oh, time, during this time of, of uncertainty, reaching out for help, and they, there's no certainty. You know, with, with so many hotels shut down, which has never happened in the world, you know, never. for this long of extended period, with so many hotels shutting down, some of these clients just feel like maybe they don't have enough capital to reopen, and if they reopen, they might not have enough staff on hand yet since 
all these people are now on furlough. Wow. Huh. So, wow, what, a, what an interesting... So it's a lot to think about, don't you think? It's not just about the wedding day and the flowers and the photographer and the dress. It's all the little details that we're all dealing with. And I think cool. that this pandemic will either you'll make it or you, or you break it. If you can't survive, you can't hold this, handle the stress, because this is a lot of stress. This is stress that nobody has ever thought would ever happen in this lifetime or any lifetime. I've never gone through a pandemic, and neither has you, right? So we're all learning as to what we need to do. And it's just like it all came so fast, and, it, you know, everything just shut down so fast. Like, I mean, you go from zero to 360 in 10 minutes, and it's like, oh, my God, what's going on next? So I think that, um, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking that there was going to be a chapter like this, but I thought that somehow mm-hmm. or another it, it hadn't happened because, because we were told that it would happen at the turn of the century. But I suppose mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at it mathematically, um, you know, it happened in the first part of the century. So it is interesting because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this occurring since the dawning of the age of Aquarius in the 80s. So yes. it, is, it is interesting, but I think, that, I think the thing that you're talking about is something I really didn't think about, the logistics and how people would try and understand how that's actually... We don't know. That is the really... The we, don't know. We, don't, even, we don't know. Even the catering managers that, that work there... They don't know day to day what's happening. They just know that like they're all the hotels are shutting down for the safety of all the staff members and they don't know. Some said they would open up the end of April. Now there's that it might not open up till June. So even then, every day it just changes and you have no control over anything. That's right. <clears throat> well, I tell you something, it's a very important thing that you're doing here. Um, weddings are responsible for a lot of money, a lot of work, and they're also responsible for creating one of the most sacred unions that happen between two people. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you're in the business of you're in the business of you're in the business of love. So, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. And I love like creating you. love still, no matter what. You know, I mean, <laughs> deep down inside, I'm crying myself too. <laughs> I'm crying right. because. You know, things are getting postponed. So if you look at the bigger picture, the longer it postpones, the longer we don't get paid. I mean, the economic standpoint from every planner is like, oh, my God, the more things postpone, the lesser steady income for us, you know, which none of us thought this would ever happen. Because everybody's like, everybody was all excited for 2020. You know, what a great year, 2020. And now we're all doomed. I feel like we, I feel like we've been doomed, and it's like it's approaching half a year now. So let me do a psychic reading for you on the on the air, and then and then uh, <clears throat> and then I'm going to go on to the astrology that's occurring right now, which explains many things, even if we really can't okay. make sense of it. It really does. Okay. So first of all, you have a solid foundation. You have a great formula. You have a true group of people that are your supporters and your believers. You don't just have people that you work with. You have people that believe in you and what you do. Okay? So that's a great foundation. That's my snapshot of who and what you are as a person. And you're very intuitive and you're very psychic about people. That's the first thing that is one of your greatest blessings. Okay? The next thing is is that the stability and the norm does return in part by the time we get to July. Once we get to July, people... Um, have come up with some unique solutions, some great ideas, and part of the problem of the logistics of actually putting together a wedding is resolved. And the people that decide, well, this is not my year to get married because there's too many problems, and they put it off to next year, are the people that have a different agenda in place. And you kind of have to like see that for what it is because if this is your year to get married, and this is fated, because I believe in fate, and I believe in God, and mm-hmm. I believe in karma, then those people that are your clients, and they go ahead and get married on a good day, 
this year, those are the people that for the rest of your life you'll remember. You'll say, if that wedding hadn't happened, I don't know what I would have done. And so this is about the people that stay with the plant, even though it doesn't look easy, that become your true friends. And this story is about true friendship, true loyalty, and a person who stays with you no matter what they think it looks like. Because I know and you know that once you make a decision and you go ahead with your plan, it turns out the way it's supposed to turn out. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to believe. And I want you to know I'm 100% in there with you. Um, Rich's, every last one of Rich's weddings have um, been canceled, put on hold, and Nobody is booking. Yeah. So you know, and poor Rich yeah. knows because you get excited yeah. for it. You know, you get excited for them when they hire you. You get so excited. And next thing you yeah. know, oh, it's canceled. That means that it's lost income for Rich. And sometimes you have to refund the clients too. Luckily, nobody has only one. I only have to refund one client, but most of us just postpone to a later date. But it's just my big corporate clients that I'm planning for December events. I don't know we're able to have 600 people anymore or 700 people in a ballroom that will like we used to, be, you know. I'm going to tell you, and surely, that's going to be okay. That's going to work itself yeah. out. It will. And by the time we get to December, this will. we will be so busy on working on the future and trying to take and get everything in place. It, we won't have too much time to mull this over. And this will be a story that you tell people in the future, oh, you remember 2020. So, so just yeah. tell, your, tell yourself, we go forward. That's what I want to tell you. Go forward. Thank go you. Forward. And you have a giant heart. You are loving. You are more than just a, a wedding day. You are a lifestyle. So promote yourself. And then, and then uh, please, yeah. remind yourself for a moment, please. Perfect. Thank you, Suzanne. Thanks for always thinking of me and having me on. Oh, no, Thomas, promote yourself. Tell people your name and how they can get in touch with you. Do that. My name is Thomas Bowie. Uh, my company is Thomas Bowie Lifestyle. Bowie is spelled B as in boy, U-I. Uh, my tagline is entertain- Environment for Entertaining. Uh, my website is www.thomasbuilifestyle.com, where you can always reach me via my cell phone, 858-663-8516, and our Instagram and Facebook handle is just Thomas Bowie Lifestyle. Thank oh, you. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Thomas. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Suzanne. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. <sighs> what a great conversation. Um, my husband is... Um, I always said that my husband wanted to paint because he wanted to take and, and, and make the world a more beautiful place. <clears throat> and so um, I, love, I love the um, concept of art and beauty... Because if you set everything aside and you simply want to connect with other people, um, it really does come back to truth and beauty. And those are the things that we really um, have the highest obligation to ourselves and to other people to honor. So I have my absolutely most favorite person in the world joining us here. And it is for the astrology moment. Well, I have to say that was a really good segue into our astrology segment, all of that. Because <laughs> we are talking about Venus today, and Venus is the goddess of love, beauty, art. And Venus um, is going to go retrograde in Gemini, which is all about communication and relationships. So just like... It, oh, I don't know why it, may, it amazes me every time your callers always like have this theme that ties into the the astrology thing, which I never plan with you, right? It's no, just, we never the do. Synchronicity, amaz- Yeah, we never talk about it. So then, I love it. And then I, so, I come up with a theme like two seconds before the show starts, and I go, "Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about today." I actually don't know that that's what's going to happen until yeah, I, yeah. It's, uh, it, 
yeah. example of synchronicity every time, right? Right. So I like it. But, and, and I kind of gave you the heads up. We were going to talk about these five retrogrades, but uh, I didn't tell you which one. So, mm. um, okay, so I'm going to just jump right into it if you're okay with that. Absolutely. Go. Okay. So, um, so first we have a Venus in retrograde coming up May 12th, and that lasts through June 24th. So... Um, the last time we had Venus in retrograde, she, you know, went in Scorpio in October of 2018. And then the last time that Venus was in retrograde in Mercury, or sorry, in Gemini, was March through July of 2012. So if people can kind of think back to those times, they might see some similar themes that are kind of coming up for them again. Um, so Venus goes retrograde about one time every other year. The retrograde lasts about six weeks, and um, it's the time that we can see, you know, some relationships can become challenging. You know, maybe it's harder to compromise or communicate. Maybe there's some more squabbles. Um, you deal a lot with relationships in your work, so I know you see these themes of old relationships tend to show up. Um, during these retrogrades, and um, so it's not really a time to start new relationships. If a new relationship does start, it can just kind of end without warning. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. We all know that every relationship is sure to teach us a lesson, So, but just maybe not be as surprised. Um, for businesses, you know, your clients can be more demanding or unreliable. Um, and it's not really a great time for getting married or entering any legal contracts. You know, contracts are about our relationships. So, um, and Venus does relate to money, so it's kind of a time to keep our spending in check, maybe reevaluate our budget. So, um, you know, as we go through these retrogrades, I want to emphasize they're not bad things. They're kind of a time for us to slow down and reevaluate what's going on. So um, with this Venus retrograde happening in Gemini, what's happening is uh, the universe is really asking us to become better communicators. You know, we have to rework our relationships with everyone, not just those we love. And, um, I mean, this, this time of being separated is really testing how we communicate with people in a different way. And um, so I really loved your two callers because, one, your first caller was talking about her work as a humanitarian and her love and how speaking up, um, you know, was able to give her, was able to create something of a change, right? She was able to speak up for that child um, and, and go through that process and do something that was, you know, for the ultimate good. And she had this kind of connection and intuition with humanity. And so I think that's what this retrograde is asking us to do, um, to show that greater appreciation for our fellow humans. And then, yeah, I loved your second caller because he's, of course, in the wedding business, which is Venus is all about that. And he, you know, constantly referred to his communication and communicating with his clients to reassure them. So I, I love those two stories kind of bring into focus um, this, this retrograde in and having work on our communication, right? So, um, so, yeah, we're working with this retrograde. We're kind of working in that heart chakra, um, which is going to allow some healing on the foundation that gives us a greater expansion and helping us reconnect to our higher selves and um, to connect with our guides and act from a place of love. So um, I guess I would, I would say, you know, we might receive insight during this time and to just kind of reflect on that and um, not make decisions in our relationships. You know, there's not going to be the full story or, of clear communication, but it's a good time to journal. Um, you know, we're retrograding in Gemini. We're learning to speak our truth and not only to speak our truth in um, relationships, 
but also to ourselves and just our relationship with everybody and the universe and to listen mm-hmm. with our listen with compassion. Okay. So, so um yeah. I got to I got to interject for a second. So I've done some reading on some of the more ancient um interpretations of the Gemini twins and I don't think the twins are are they're viewed as two people like a set of twins that are born but in fact I think that Gemini talks about the duality within an individual and it's very interesting because whenever I see a person that has you know really strong Gemini influences within their chart something happens to them early in their early in their life where they um, choose the person who they want to be in a partnership with and that turns into being a long-term relationship that turns into being their marriage and if that relationship doesn't work out somehow or another they don't really quite um, recover I'm not saying they don't go on and have other relationships but they don't ever have that same feeling and so I often view Gemini's because they're third sign in the zodiac because they're they're the they're very young they're very early um i think that they require um more understanding of who they are as a person and that disconnect um shows up to create a myriad of little problems for the rest of their life actually never met somebody who was a Gemini um, and failed in their first relationship that was able to sort of find their balance, correct that, and go forward. And it's sort of an odd thing. I, I Of all of the signs, um, that one always ends up with relationship problems in a way that is interesting. And I try and explain it to the parents, you know, this person, this young person who you're in charge of, really, really needs you to be supportive of whoever they choose early in their life. So this is an early process. This is the thing that I think you're talking about um, in that in that process is, is that we think that we understand what the, desti- the destination is about, but we don't. We really don't understand what the destination is when you hit a Venus retrograde in Gemini it, it's kind of like a stall. I mean, that's how I that's how I see it, and I, I don't mean to be negative, but you know, do you understand what I'm talking about? I digress into uh, mythology when you talk. <laughs> it didn't go into mythology this time. We did go into a little bit of Gemini, and I think, um, yeah, it is. I mean, it, retrogrades are always a time to slow down and reflect, right, and to just figure out what's not working for us. So we started that Pluto retrograde in Capricorn, so talking about structure and and kind of um, bigger institutions, and now we're going to go into this Venus retrograde. We've got five retrogrades going on at the same time, so I'm going to go through each one. And um, the nice thing is that... Um, you know, in in June 3rd, while Venus is still in retrograde, it starts to kind of come out of that that retrograde, and it um, the Sun and Venus align, and so it's the rebirth of Venus. It appears as a morning star, wow. so we kind of get new clarity around June 3rd. Um, and it's also night. We can we can visually see Venus in the sky right now. It's very bright at night. It, when it goes into this retrograde on May 12th, we won't see it as clearly, but then it will reemerge as a morning star on June 3rd. So, wow. you know, there's it's it's just a time of, of reflection, um, you know, figuring out what works in our relationships, especially around communication. And so kind of like a Mercury retrograde, I would just encourage people to just slow down in their communication, double check, you know, do that um, interactive listening process, you know, repeat back, did I hear you correctly? Because this is what I heard. And just slow down and, and look at those relationships, especially since we're at a distance with everyone right now, we can feel really disconnected. Katrina, thank you very much for joining us. Will you come and do this again for me next week? Of course. Oh, good. Very good. Okay. You've been speaking with Suzanne Wyman. And this is the Deep Psychic Reading, and you can call me at 
I love to talk. I love to talk. And call me, write to me, but get in touch with me and let's talk. Okay? Have a great day. Make the best of what you have going on today and know that the universe has got your back. You are blessed. And uh, the answer to our prayers is there within us. Okay? Blessings. Goodbye. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic packs. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.